Welcome back to another episode of Airing It Out with Joe Daly. I am Joe Daly, your host, and this is a fantasy football podcast with the aim of getting guys ready for well, this week, week four, and then, of course, beyond. Um, if you're a first-time listener, thanks for stopping in, and uh, hopefully you become a long-time listener and, and we can help you through the uh, fantasy week, uh, you know, in the weeks ahead, of course, the fantasy season, to uh, to, to make the, make sure this is a winning season. So that's, uh, that's number one. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for sticking with us. And, uh, again, I hope that I've, I'm adding some value to your – your fantasy life, so to speak. So with that said, guys, let's get right into it. If you think about it, at the end of this week, week four, we will be a quarter of the way done with the season. I mean, it's kind of intense, the fantasy season, I should say. Uh, It's kind of intense thinking, you know, back when the whole pandemic started that we weren't even sure we were going to have football, and here we are about a quarter of the way in. Now the pandemic stuff, the COVID-19 stuff's coming rearing its ugly head into the uh, NFL world, and we'll talk about that in a little bit in our new segment, but it's it's been a it's been a wild ride so far the first three weeks and uh, week four should be a big one for a lot of people if you're three and oh great let's keep it going if you are oh and three or one and two let's turn that around and uh like let's get let's get on the right side of things so that's what we're here for again fantasy football podcast ready to uh help you guys week in week out with the best lineup decisions and all that fun stuff so that's first and foremost uh as you guys know these these come out every week um on Thursday night into Friday morning. So that's when you can, you know, can download them and all that fun stuff. And if you're not subscribed, if you could click that subscribe button, that'd be fantastic. Would super appreciate that. So uh, if you, if, again, if you have it and you're just laying on the page, give it a, a you know, give the uh, sub- subscribe button a, a slam for me, please. That'd be fantastic. And if you could leave a rating review, would love that too. It certainly helps the show. So thank you very much. Uh, for those of you who have done that. Um, without uh, further ado, let's talk about what we're going to be going into today. So uh, part of the episode will be, of course, the first part will be our news around the NFL uh, and the fantasy implications going around with that. So the kind of the biggest stories um, that you know might affect your roster decisions this week. Uh, then we'll go into a, our weekly segment called Daily's Dynamic Duos, where we look at two um, two players from each roster position uh this the major skill positions anyways that i uh i'm suggesting that you guys put in your lineup for the week uh that might have a slam dunk dunk week for you that's that's where where we'll be heading there in the daily's dynamic duo segment which has been pretty pretty good so far uh in the first three weeks so I'm, i'm pretty proud of that hoping to keep that going for you guys uh we'll also get into a segment we're calling uh, keep calm or move on. So keep calm, move on or move on. It's going to be a pass catcher edition today. So we're going to look at some pass catchers that, you know, you might be panicking a little bit. You might be thinking, all right, you know, I drafted this guy to be a star and he's not really shaping up that way. We'll talk about whether we should, uh, keep calm or move on from those, uh, pass catchers. Now we'll, we'll, and we'll do this from time to time. We'll take a temperature on, on certain, uh, position players and, and go from there. But today we're going to talk about pass catchers and, uh, see if we should, uh, see if we should be, you know, freaking out or if there are better days ahead. So we'll get there in a little bit. And then uh, we'll close out the episode with some Q&A, fantasy Q&A, a couple of questions um, that might help you uh, this week. And uh, that'll be that. And we'll hopefully we'll, we'll win this week. You know, hopefully you guys will listen. You'll win this week and come back next week for week five to do it all over again. So there we are. A um, couple other things, a couple of notes I want to I want to mention before we get started with the rest of the episode, and that is uh, if you don't currently subscribe, make sure you do that. I already said that. Uh, the other thing is if you are on social media, on Twitter or Instagram, you can find us at, at airingitoutff, at airingitoutff. Please uh, follow those accounts and 
interact. We'd love to get questions and, uh, you know, I'm pretty helpful with uh, giving people feedback, uh, you know, send me messages and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'd love to help you there. And uh, it's a great way for me to connect with you guys, especially for segments on the show, like the fancy Q and I, so there's that. And then if you haven't already, you can bookmark um, the website, which is airing it out.com airing it out.com. Uh, there'll be uh, some updates to that pretty soon with some articles posted with regards to uh, week four and, uh, and of course beyond. So there are, those are all the ways to, to reach us and to see us and to, and uh, you know, kind of get the latest information that's going to make your, um, your weeks, you know, each week uh, successful, hopefully. So there you go guys. And uh, without further ado, we'll get started. We'll get right into the news today. A lot to talk about, you know, with a variety of stuff going on in the NFL Again, COVID rearing its ugly head again. We'll talk about that. And, uh, you know, it, it will, we'll give you the fancy implications. But before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. All right, guys. So if, as I'm sure you know, since you're here listening to a fancy football podcast, uh, you know, keeping up with the news and stuff every week is important. It's, it's something that's vital to fantasy success. You know, you can't just draft and kind of let it go on autopilot. You got to be involved. You got to be thinking about uh, what certain NFL news, you know, from the teams and all that stuff, what it really means and how it affects what you should be doing for your lineup. What, who should you be playing? Who should you be sitting and all that fun stuff? So the news is important and that's why we take every beginning part of the episode uh, of these episodes and focus on the important news that we see that could affect your lineup. So without further ado, let's get right into the news stories of this week leading into week four. The first story of today is a big one. It's a huge one. And that is the, uh, you know, and I hinted at earlier in the episode, that is the return of COVID-19 or it never really went away. But of course, it's it's the first real um, season affecting and fantasy affecting COVID-19 uh, situation that the NFL has had to deal with and that now fantasy managers are also going to have to deal with in week four. And that is uh, because there was a, several Titans players that tested positive as well as other personnel staff members uh, of the Tennessee Titans, which, uh, you know, uh, you got to be on the safe side, of course. So for the Titans and Steelers game, they decide, all right, does not make sense to play this this week. They tested and more uh, cases came out of, than the original you know, few. And uh, they just, they were going to say, okay, maybe we'll do it week four, but we'll do it on Monday or Tuesday. But that ended up not being the case. And from there, uh, when they got a few more extra tests, they said, let, let us, uh, let us move this, this game back, uh, you know, to a different time, which again, this makes sense. I get it. I understand why they're doing it. Um, it's certainly a bit of a headache, especially for people that may have had good matchups going into, going into the week. So that's, um, you know, that's, that's one, one part of, of the uh, equation that might be, you know, um, upsetting to some fantasy owners, but I mean, it's the safe thing. It's the right thing to do. And they're doing, you know, what they need to do to keep everyone, uh, you know, in good standing health wise and all that fun stuff. So we'll take a quick look at what this means as far as, um, you know, uh, as far as fantasy wise, the implications of it again, anyone. And if you haven't done this really already, you know, and you're just hearing this news now, anyone for week four that you have, that's a stealer or a Titan, you're want to, you're going to want to treat this as a bye week So you wouldn't play someone on their bye week unless you weren't paying attention. So you got to take them out of your lineup, do it right now. They're not going to change their minds on this. I'm assuming. So uh, you can get those players out of your lineup. So that's first and foremost. Now it was reported by Adam Schefter that the most likely scenario, I'm reading the quote here uh, for making up the, the week's 
uh, this week's canceled Titans Steelers game is to move it to week seven. Now week seven is the Titans current bye week. Um, so what they'd have to do then is then move the game that Pittsburgh w- would have played um, against the Ravens in week seven to week eight, which would have been their bye week, you know, both the Ravens and the Steelers. So um, it seems like a very quick, easy fix. And you hope that's what it is. Now week four buys aren't like all, cra- all that crazy. Like, yeah, it's an early buy, but we've had those in the past, like recently. So um, it's not completely like out of the ordinary uh, for the, for a week four buy to occur. It just wasn't something that was on the table this year. But here we are again. Again, you gotta you gotta make the adjustments. Uh, you know, the NFL has to do what they have to do in order to uh, keep things healthy and all that. And we don't have more outbreaks that lead to more games that are being canceled or moved or whatever. Uh, you know, this is could be a, a logistical nightmare, but it looks like. This scenario actually could make sense. You just got to, you know, do what you can to make sure that your fantasy team um, responds in a, in a good way. And you, you have other backup, uh, you know, you know, other players that you can put in the positions that may have been for a Juju Smith-Schuster or uh, Derrick Henry, you know, um, people that, you know, uh, Derrick Henry wasn't in a great matchup this week against the Steelers. You, you can't not play him unless you have a plethora of talent and if you're in a dynasty league where, you know, maybe you got him cheap and you have other huge names, uh, cool, but you're going to play him. But again, you can't this week. Now what's nice about this, uh, is first, some of the actual NFL players here, Deontay Johnson, who has been dealing with the, uh, concussion stuff, you know, he, he's, you know, was he going to get be out of the concu- concussion protocol? Maybe. Um, uh, but certainly by their, the time they actually play the Titans, uh, or even their next game, he, uh, will have enough rest. Um, because again, they're treating this as a bye week, which that's awesome. Uh, AJ Brown, you know, he'll be available for this, this matchup, uh, in the, in the future on, was it on week, uh, week seven. So yeah, you would, you would hope he would be, uh, with the, the knee, uh, the bone bruise he has in his knee. So, you know, th- that, these are kind of good, some good collateral damage, I don't want to call it damage, but you know, this, these is actually good news for some of the players and some of the stars you may have on your fantasy roster. Um, you know, again, you don't get to play them this week, but you know, they do have some more time to rest and, and clear concussion protocols and all that fun stuff. So, uh, keep this, uh, keep this in mind that this is important. Now, another thing that was reported is that the NFL's, uh, you know, um, kind of beefing up their protocols for COVID cause they don't want to see it like a, a massive outbreak go among all the, you know, amongst all these teams. So, you know, again, this is better news for the long term too, especially, you know, you wonder why they weren't ramped up already, the protocols, but I'm sure they were, but they're doing even more now with, you know, well, I'm sure we'll hear more details as the days come with that. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, so far it hasn't been too crazy. There hasn't been much going on with COVID spreading. So let's hope that that, that stays, stays the way it is. And again, take Steelers and Titans out of your line for week four and, Again, you'll see them play the uh, play each other in week seven. So uh, very important to make sure you're on top of that today. The second bit of news for uh, you know heading into week four is a promising one. Uh, Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas, the the first guy, uh, first receiver taken in, in many uh, drafts, certainly in the first round. Um, he's been out for a few weeks now, a couple weeks now with uh, an ankle, a high ankle sprain. And you know, those are, those are tricky, but it looks like, it looks like he is on track to play this week against the, um, who, who are they playing? The, uh, the Lions, the Detroit Lions this Sunday. So that is definitely, definitely, definitely a huge, um, good piece of news. Now we've been talking to Dr. Strasnick about the implications of coming back from this injury, uh, which, you know, it, it can be, it can be a, a, 
a, a really tricky injury to deal with, especially with the type of running he does, the route running, precise route running. Um, you don't love to to see him come back early from that. I'm not saying this is early. Uh, it may be a tad early. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I imagine you got to start him, especially against the Lions, who are a, a pretty easy team to throw on. Um, I, I think Drew Brees has a better game than he's had, uh, you know, lately. Uh, actually had a decent game this past week, but not, nothing nothing too spectacular. But I think Michael Thomas coming back uh, should, should allow this offense to certainly move the ball a little bit uh, easier. And um, I think they pass a little bit more down the field, which again, opens up a little bit of everything. Um, they're not just relying on Kamara, who's been an absolute beast, but uh, yeah, Michael Thomas, I think he'll get his targets for sure. I think he'll, he'll get his catches. Does he, does he break off a long run on one of these touchdowns? I mean, on one of these, uh, one of these catches, maybe um, again, we'll, we'll have to see how he comes back out, out the gate with regards to this injury. And if he's at full, uh, you know, full impact, full, full effect in the offense. We'll see. But, you know, I got to I got to imagine most people at this point are probably going to start him. Uh, that'd be my advice. I, it'd be hard for me to sit him uh, if he's in the lineup because, you know, Michael Thomas is, you know, he, he could go off for a massive game. You don't want that on your bench, especially this early in this, the fantasy season. Uh, you want to rack up all the points you can and the wins you can. So, um, you know, for me, I take my chance there, uh, even if he's, uh, you know, not at 100% because his, you hear this all the time, like his 90% is better than our people's 100% or his 75%. You know, I, I believe that's true with him. And he'll be targeted heavily. He'll be targeted heavily for a, a team and a quarterback that desperately need um, so, some other options in the uh, passing game. Um, so we'll see. Michael Thomas back on track. Uh, he was uh, limited today on Thursday. So uh, in practice, what does that mean? You know, he, he didn't have a full session. So. Again, we'll we'll see, but it seems all indications are out of the uh, their their um, their camp that that he'll be playing more than likely. So keep that in mind. Keep your eye out for that. If that changes. Obviously, you don't want to have him in your lineup. So um, of course, pay attention there and see what happens. But Michael Thomas could be a huge difference difference maker uh, out the gate. Well, it remains to be seen. So choice is yours. Again, if he's in, I'm playing him. And there you go. We'll see how it goes on Sunday. <laughs> And for our last news story of the day, we have a update on George Kittle. Okay, so either the number one or number two tight end taken in your drafts this year, and uh, he's been hurt, but seems no longer. He was a full go in practice on Wednesday this week, and it looks like he's ready to go, and he'll be not Jimmy Garoppolo, but Nick Mullins, more than likely number one target, especially with all the injuries going on uh, in San Fran. He should be the guy, and... um They've showed de- decent chemistry in the past, uh, him and Mullins, so I don't see why that wouldn't continue. I don't see where why he wouldn't pick up right where he left off. I think Kittle, rest of season, is going to be one of the best, if not the best, tight end in the game. He's He's got the skill. He's got the ability to turn plays upfield and and uh, you know really be a huge difference maker for the, the defending Super Bowl losers that you know have not had a great start to the year. Again, ravaged with injuries a bit, and... Um, you know, it's it just hasn't been what it has been for them all last year. So uh, I think they turned things around though, and I think Kittle's going to be a massive part of that turnaround. And uh, you expect him to be out there this weekend, and uh, of course you're playing him if you have him. You play him. Um, you know, I know I was seeing a lot of uh, trades that involved him to you know maybe go down one notch on a tight end just to use the name of Kittle. Uh, but I think those people getting Kittle or, you know, unless they gave up a bunch of stuff elsewhere are, are, are getting, getting the player that they, 
that they would want. Uh, and that is just a dominant, dominant tight end. He's essentially a receiver that you put in your tight end slot and, and a great receiver at that. So um, again, Kittle, a full go this Wednesday. He is, you know, at practice. So uh, I imagine he should have a massive week this week. Put him in your lineups and uh, let's go. So guys, this was the uh, news segment of the uh, episode for week four. And again, use, uh, use your discretion. Keep an eye on what, on what's going on. You know, certainly always check, uh, you know, Twitter or whatever it may be, wherever you find your NFL news and uh, keep an eye on these injury updates and stuff like that. Again, this COVID stuff is a real issue and we got to, we got to keep that in mind as we go forward and make our decisions. So in this next segment, guys, we'll be getting into the weekly segment called dailies dynamic duos, where I will give you a uh, two players, a pair of players from each of the major skill positions, quarterback, wide receiver, running back and tight end uh, that I think are, Pretty uh, slam dunk plays this week. So we'll get to that right after this. It is time for a weekly segment we like to call Daily's Dynamic Duos, where I get into a pair of players from each of the skill positions that I think can have monster weeks for you. And then I'm telling you to lock and load into your lineups and not look back because these guys should have fantastic weeks. You know, and I'm banking on it. And here we go. We're going to start right with the quarterbacks, the signal callers right out of the gate. And my first of my daily dynamic duo quarterbacks is Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers, of course, you know, he hasn't been all uh, what he used to be as far as, uh, you know, as a, a fantasy quarterback in the last couple of years or so. But this year, he seems to be on a tear. Now, if you have any doubt uh, of whether you should start him this week, don't. He's he's a fantastic start. He might be the best start of the week. And I'm going to call it right now. I think Rodgers ends up being the number one quarterback in week four, you know, by the end of week four. And they play on Monday night, so it will be the end of week four. Um, I really project to, like, annihilate the Falcons secondary, if that makes sense. I think he's just going to absolutely destroy them. And, and there's a lot of reasons why. On a yards-per-game basis, the Falcons are giving up, I think it's roughly like 350 yards, maybe a little bit over there. Um and they're actually tied with the Cowboys for a league high nine passing touchdowns allowed. Uh, and I think like a hundred of those came in the last game against Seattle for the Cowboys. But uh, let's not talk about that as a Cowboys fan. That really was upsetting to see them uh, stink for the third week in a row on defense. I mean, it's just, it's just bad. But anyways, let's get back to Rodgers. Um, he seems to be on like a, a little bit of a remember me tour. You know, he's uh, you know, I'm back sort of thing. Um I think it continues with an absolute exclamation point here in week four. Uh, you know, this this team is is atrocious on defense, are the Falcons. Um, just giving up a billion points a week and uh, and mostly through the air. So, you know, and listen to this. The Vegas over-under on this game is actually the highest of the week four slate, and that's 50, 56 and a half is the number, which is a massive, massive, massive over-under. Um, so fire Rodgers up. Do not think twice about it. You know, he he's... Uh, you know, everyone's waiting for him to drop off and when are they going to lean on the running game? It's, it's just not happening. I think his lowest point total was like 17 or 18 points so far. I think that was week might've been last week. Um, you know, it, it, but he's, he's scoring in the, in the twenties and, and, and up, you know, it's, it's, he, he's on, he's on the path to, to some great success this year. And I think he's going to have one of his best games of the, of the season um, in week four against these uh, again, horrific, uh, secondary of the of the Falcons who are who are banged up as well. So Aaron Rodgers lock him in the number one dynamic duo quarterback of Week Four. The number two dynamic quarterback of Week Four is Deshaun Watson. Now, now Deshaun Watson takes on the Vikings. Um, and in this game has the third highest over under. It's at fifty four and a half, so only two points uh, below the uh, the aforementioned 
game uh, with uh, the Packers and the Falcons. So it's right up there basically with them. And uh, the, the defense for the Vikings just hasn't, hasn't really stopped quarterbacks at all. He's been torched by, or excuse me, they've been torched by the opposing quarterbacks that they faced, uh, you know, in the last, uh, the last three weeks. Um, they've given up the third most yards to passers through three weeks. They're only behind Seattle and Atlanta. And, uh, you know, as is the Vegas total suggests, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a back and forth sort of game where the Texans, you know, they're not exactly great at, on defense either. Uh, so I think, you know, actually, in fact, they're the worst rush defense in the league. So I think Dalvin Cook actually has a field day today um, or, you know, on Sunday this week. So, I, I you know, I see this being a back and forth this affair. The points will be flying. And I think Deshaun Watson, you know, he presents a nice floor with his running uh, ability uh, and his escape ability. So I, I do like that as well. I think Watson has a a very good game, maybe his best of the season so far. As it has been rocky, he's had a, a you know not the easiest schedule out the gate, but I think this uh, certainly will show you uh, and remind you why you drafted him where you did in uh, fantasy drafts this summer. So my quarterbacks were Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, a dynamic duo for Week Four. Let's go to the wide receivers now. The first wide receiver is going to go right off of this uh, the second quarterback, and that's Will Fuller. Now Will Fuller. It just, I just learned this uh, right before, uh, you know, coming on to record. Will Fuller is actually, he was a surprise addition to the injury report on Thursday with three, with a, um, a hamstring injury. Now that's been an issue for him in the past. And obviously those aren't great. You know, you hate to see the lingering hamstring issues, but, um, I don't love I don't love the fact that he might not be a hundred percent. I think if he was a hundred percent this weekend, he's my locked and loaded dynamic duo wide receiver for this week. Because again, the the uh, uh, what do you call it? the Vikings just absolutely are torched by wide receivers and quarterbacks every week. So we want to make sure we we start a wide receiver from the from the Texans side of the ball in this game. The only thing is, is here's the thing: he's he's the number one guy. Number one, he's got 15 targets on the year, uh, which is only second to Brandon Cooks, who has 16 now. I bring up Cooks because if Fuller can't go or if Fuller is not at 100%, then Cooks could be a, a you know a nice pivot for people. Um, you know, if, if you feel more confident there, but if you have Will Fuller, you probably don't have Brandon Cooks, so that's not you know unless he's a free agent or something, but probably not. Mostly, because I don't think he is. Um, they have a similar target percentage as far as you know how, how Watson's distributing the ball. So there's some there's you know there's something to be said there for for who to who to you know go with if you have the option between two, but like I said, most will not, um, you know, it, it's going to be a shootout. Like I said, when I was talking about Watson, so, you know, it's, I, I'm again, I'm crossing my finger saying, I, I hope Fuller's at, you know, at least a close to hundred percent. Cause I think he can do some serious damage, but if he doesn't play, I think cooks is a great alternative. And even Randall Cobb, who's actually performing better than people think he's, uh, get, you know, seen a lot of targets and, and he's putting up some points. So, um, that's another pivot as well, but certainly a, we'll say that my first dynamic duo wide receiver is one of the, the leading wide receiver for the Texans, uh, whoever that may be, hopefully will fuller, but we'll see how this injury news pans out. Keep an eye out for that going into the weekend. Uh, the second, um, dynamic duo, uh, wide receiver for week four is Jarvis Landry of the Cleveland Browns. Now Landry is, uh, he hasn't had the strongest start to the year so far, but he's in a beautiful spot in week four to have a nice bounce back performance. Uh, you know, for fantasy owners, you know, that it's tough investing in the Browns offense because they're so hot and cold, hit and miss. Um, but I think he has a nice, like I said, bounce back week this week. Um, you know, receivers are having just career days against the Cowboys. I just mentioned earlier, um, just absolutely torching the Cowboys, Cowboys uh, secondary. So I think he, he can do he can do some damage here. Now let's look at last week. Uh, 
The Cowboys gave up what was it nine catches for 100 yards and three touchdowns to Tyler Lockett. Now, I don't think Jarvis Landry does that because we still have you – know, you have Odell and you have that rushing attack that they lean on heavily. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, a big fan of the run. Um, so I don't think he has a Lockett-type game. That's you know Those are like once in a blue moon. But I think he, he puts up some nice numbers here. I think the Cowboys, for what it's worth, will – focus a lot of their attention on Odell. Not that uh, that attention is any good, but you know, I think uh, Landry underneath and turning some balls upfield and uh, you know, I think some deep shots as well could, could pay out for you. And, and there's, he has a good chance as any other Brown to score a touch on this week. So that's, you know, I always like that. Uh, if I can say that a player has a decent shot or a very good shot to, to uh, get in the end zone, then that's something I like to see as well. Um, he's going to face similar matchups that Lockett and other receivers of that, you know, kind of have, have, faced against the Cowboys so we'll see now this is all again you know with the Browns you got to be a little worried because of Baker Mayfield's ineffectiveness at times and you know the Cowboys for as bad as their defense has been their pass rush has been slightly better than it than it was uh you know um in in you know the first week or so uh, Alden Smith is absolutely uh t- terrorizing opposing quarterbacks he's getting several sacks a game I think he's the leader in the NFL right now um not sure if that played out to the end of week three, but I'm pretty sure at least during week three, he was, uh, you know, at one point he was the, the leading sack, uh, sack getter for the, uh, for the, for the league. So, I mean, Alden Smith's, you know, going to disrupt some stuff for, for Baker Mayfield, but if he can get that ball out and, uh, you know, and roll out, you know, uh, move protection, all that fun stuff, all the things that quarterbacks need to do in order to protect themselves so they can get the, you know, have time to get the ball to the receivers. Uh, I think that, uh, we could have again, a nice, field day for Jarvis Landry um oh and, and as far as the over under Vegas is seeing this as a shootout as well they're the I think they're the second highest over under at 56 yeah so right under the 56 and a half that uh the Packers and Falcons will be will be uh, playing with there so interesting stuff there so again my wide receivers are Jarvis Landry and then like I said Will Fuller or if he's not healthy or not going I, I would say Brandon Cooks would be a, a nice al- alternate there. Uh, now, running backs. Let's go to the running back position. First one is uh, the Arizona Cardinals running back, Kenyon Drake. Now, people were drafting him relatively high, probably you know, more more than likely second round in most drafts. And, uh, you know, all season long, he's, he's, uh, he hasn't been what you wanted when you picked him at, at that point when you spent that draft capital on him. But, you know, with that said, the Carolina Panthers all season long have – been had on the ground so you know they're giving up points or bleeding points to the running back so i think kenny drake has a nice breakout performance for you know uh 2020 he again he's not he's not been who we who we drafted him to be but i think this is a different story um the panthers are giving up an average of 124 rushing yards per game as well as the most rushing touchdowns in 2020 at seven okay they they have a lead in in rushing uh, rushing touchdowns a lot so um you know, if the if the Cardinals getting close, I don't see why they don't turn around and hand the ball to, uh, you know, the, their dynamic running back in Kenyon Drake. Um, like I say, he's, he's been underwhelming, but I think this is a nice. Re- you'll get the return that you wanted uh, this week, and their schedule will open up a little bit. And I think he has success going forward. Um, you know, a lot of people wanted to sell him, wanted to trade him out off their teams, but I don't think that's a smart move. I think you stick with him and you get the get the rewards because he will in this offense that can move the ball. He will do some big things as the um, year goes on, and the car in the excuse me, the Panthers give the Cardinals that shot to run the ball and run it effectively. Um, so, with that said, let's go with the next running back. So, we got Kenny Drake, and then the next one is James Robinson. Now, who saw this guy coming out of nowhere? The Jags, Jaguars, once they got rid of uh, they shipped out Fournette, 
you know, it was a little like, okay, what are they doing? And we have people that are IR, who's hurt, this, you know, who's COVID positive and all this other stuff. It was a little scary, but out of nowhere comes James Robinson. He's been the breakout that everyone in the fantasy community is is gawking over. Like this guy seems to be as they've been advertising him, right? He's a hard, skillful runner. He can get nice chunk gains that turn into nice fantasy points. And he had a nice, uh, nice game, you know, the past couple of games, especially the one uh, against the Dolphins. He gets a super cupcake matchup this week. Uh, the Bengals defense is averaging the second most yards per game for uh, to running backs, uh, you know, letting up the second most yards per game to uh, running backs. I think it's uh, 181, slightly over that. 181 yards per game to rushers. Like that's that's something I want to I want to attack if I'm a you know an owner of a running back playing the Bengals. So you know, Burrows he's showing his chops as a passer. Uh, you know, so I think the the Jags might want to control the clock a little bit, slow down the game. Put, keep it more in their favor. You know, you, you don't don't ask Minshew to do too too much, even though the Bengals can be had in the air as well. But uh, I think they they try to slow down the clock. Don't let Burrow out there with all his weapons, um, and, and see if they can uh, control the game, slow it down their pace. And James Robinson is just the back to do that. Um, you know, I think they go to him early and often, and, and it's a weak defensive front. So let's let's rack up some big yards, and I think he scores at least one touchdown, and if not multiple. But James Robinson, put him in your lineup, not even a question. Those are the running backs. Now we're on to the last position here. The last skill position is the tight end position. And the first player that I'm going to mention here is one that, uh, you know, I already mentioned the game uh, that, you know, I've been talking a lot about this game and that is the Falcons in, um, what do you call them? The Falcons and the Packers on Monday night. And that is uh, the Falcons tight end Hayden Hurst. Now, He's a part of this Monday night shootout, guys. So he's he should be a good play. I, I'm banking that he he does pretty well. Now, on paper, it's not a great tight end matchup, okay? But if you look a little bit closer, the Packers have only had tight ends targeted against them 12 times. Not a massive sample size, right, at all. It's actually the lowest in the league. So tight ends have been thrown on uh, or thrown to against the Packers only 12 times. So, again, lowest in the league. So the, you can't really say, oh, well, you know, tight ends don't usually perform against the Packers. Well, you know, and it could be that they're covering those those tight ends so well they're not getting anything. But you know, you got to read in between the lines, see what those matchups look like, or was it, is it just the game flow sort of scenario? And uh, what receivers were are out there? What running backs were were uh, were in those games? So it's actually not a horrible matchup, I think. And for the type of tight end, he's a pass catcher. He's the one. He's a high target uh, volume type of guy. I think that he will have a a nice game, especially because Atlanta's wide wide receiving core is. Uh, you know, they're dealing with a myriad of injuries. You had um, Gage. He was knocked out of week three. Uh, the You know, the Bears matchup with a concussion. He's still in the protocol. Is he going to come out? Who knows? Um, it seems like he might, but we'll see. Julio, excuse me, Julio Jones is questionable. He has a hamstring injury. He didn't play, uh, you know, and now we're, they're trying to figure out if he's going to be available this week. We'll see. And then Ridley on Thursday, DNP. All right, did not participate. Uh, he has an ankle injury. So again, all these are scary for for uh, you know for a Monday night game. If you own any of these guys, you know Monday night games are tough because if you don't have a pivot, you don't have someone else to go to, then you're kind of screwed. So, um, but that's not the case. You know, we're talking about Hayden Hurst. I think he's a great start here because you got to think about their game planning for Monday night, and there's a potential that they that they know that they might not have this receiver or that receiver. They might have you know multiple receivers. That are you know big big parts of their game plan. So what might they do? They might be game planning with Hayden Hurst a little bit more in mind than usual. So I like that idea. I think even if they these other receivers do play, I think he's a nice 
volume play and what is projected to be the highest shootout of the week, according to Vegas. So take advantage of that, of course, and let's see if we can, uh, you know, uh, you know, get some points. And Hayden Hurst has a, a beautiful week for you. Um, you know, he's been a little hit or miss, but I think that he uh, he is more hit than miss this week in a massive monster game with a, with a huge amount of total points scored. So there is Hayden Hurst. He is our number one. Uh, you know, no particular, I should say, but he's one of the tight ends of the dynamic duo tight ends that uh, I have for you this week. And then week four, the last tight, the last player I'll talk about today and last tight end here is Mike Gesicki, Miami Dolphin tight end. Um, here's here's the stats I'm going to give you here that I like. Uh, Gesicki, he is 6'6 and 250 pounds. Okay. And the guy who's going to be covering him quite a bit in the slot it's the same guy I think I talked about him last week when I was talking about CeeDee Lamb uh, as being a, a great start last week, and that is Ugo Amadi. Again, I think I'm saying that right. I don't know if I was saying it right last week either, but Ugo Amadi, slot receiver. Now, first of all, the Seahawks, you know, the Dolphins are playing the Seahawks, are bleeding points to the uh, to the uh, to slot receivers. And Kasiki, yes, he's a tight end, but he's been playing, you know, I think he has a slot rate of 69%. So on passing downs, He's playing out of the slot 69% of his routes. All right, that's a that's a massive number. I think that it might be one of the tops in the league of any pass catcher, tight end or uh, or receiver. So he's up there. Um, so when you got a guy who's six six and two hundred fifty pounds up against a guy who's five nine and two hundred one, I just like the athletic and <laughs> you know the the physical mismatch there. Um, we know Gasicki can go up and make catches. We've seen it. Uh, he had a nice, nice snag last uh, last Thursday. Um, this is a matchup that I think you have to take advantage of. Listen, the game script is going to be in his favor, Gasicki's favor, in the Dolphins. You know, for for the Dolphins to be throwing, I think the uh, Seahawks are going to con- you know continuously score points like they did last week against the Cowboys and everything. I think they put up big numbers, and the Dolphins are going to have to throw. Why not attack this matchup? It's such a mismatch, um, and it's it's going to be you know it's going to be. Where the where other teams have seen successes in the slot, so let's let's go there. Um, you know, and, and here's the other thing too. I think that you know, with the Seahawks getting an early lead, that's going to dictate coverages earlier than the Dolphins would want. So they're going to be playing off. They're not going to give up anything big. And what what happens when you do that? You give under underneath throws. You let those get completed for you know, dink and dunk here, dink and dunk here. Now in a PPR league, I think Gasicki's going to have a massive day. Even in a half point PPR, I think that could uh, could do some stuff. I think he gets a ton of targets and uh, you know, that's what we want to see, right? So um, uh, you know, and that's the other thing too with that sort of dictated coverage to kind of play a little bit soft underneath, I think Preston Williams could have a nice matchup too. You know, a nice uh, nice week based on his matchup. So, um, you know, I, I don't love uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. I know he's kind of like the sleeper pick a lot of people are talking about, but uh, I think he might compile a lot of yards by by the end of the fourth quarter, by the end of the game. You know, but I don't know if there's a ton of passing scores coming his way. I think if they get close, um, you know, in, in the those kind of scoring positions, if they're in the red zone, I think that those throws will favor, like those opportunities will favor Gasicki um, in the red zone. He has the most red zone targets on his team with eight on the year so far. And the, the only other two, Dolphins with red zone targets are Preston Williams. He had three and Devontae Parker only had two. So, um, you know, Gasicki getting eight red zone targets for a team that's, he's actually tied for first in the league with Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara, the two running backs. So, you know, powerhouse running back. So uh, again, that's, that's big. That's big to know. And it's big to see, especially with the mismatch, you know, you throw, you, you know, you get close enough to the end zone down there, you throw a ball up. If a guy, if a guy that's covering him is five, nine, he's six, six, what's that? Nine inches. He's almost a foot taller than this guy, three quarters of a foot. Come on, um, I think that's uh, 
I think that's you know a no-brainer. So I think Gasicki has a massive week. Um, may, maybe one of his better weeks of the year. Certainly, I think he could top any of the scores he made. You know, any of the fancy scores that he uh, he got you um, in the first three weeks. So Gasicki locked and loaded for me as a uh, great option at tight end. He this was a daily's dynamic duos guys. We had uh, from the top again. We'll talk through real quick. QB Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. Uh, wide receiver we have Jarvis Landry and then. Again, Will Fuller with a little asterisk next to him. I would say Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks. Um, the sneaky play might be Randall Cobb, but really, if Will Fuller is 100% or even close to it, I think he is the guy. Uh, running back, Kenyon Drake and James Robinson. And then tight end, Mike Gesicki and tight end Hayden Hurst. Those are the dyna- dailies dynamic duos for week four. And, uh, you know, we're going to move along here to the next part of the um, the next part of the uh, show. We will see you guys after this in just a moment. All right, guys. So this new segment starting this week is one I like to call keep calm or move on. So, you know, around this time of the year, even earlier, sometimes we get a little frantic, a little panicked at what our uh, players that we drafted and some, you know, some of our early year pickups uh, are doing or not doing more, more so, (laughs) you know, more often we get a little worried. We start to panic. We start to figure, uh, you know, was this the right move? Did I get the right guy? You know, did I spend too much fab in this guy? You know, he's not doing anything. What's going on here? Um, So what I like to do here is to discuss whether or not you should keep calm or move on from that player. So uh, this is going to be a, as I said earlier, a pass catcher edition. We're going to look at three pass catchers, three receivers specifically that, uh, you know, might, might be, again, have you, you know, they might have you a little frantic, a little worried as to what their uh, season return could be uh, based on either the draft capital you spent on them or the waiver priority or the fab budget or whatever it may be. So um, in, in the case of these three guys, probably not a, a any, you know, waiver pickup that you made. These are guys you drafted. So we'll start with the first guy and that's AJ Green, Cincinnati Bengals. You know, he's been a star there for quite some time. And uh, a lot of people, you know, with him coming off injury, a lot of people are excited for his potential with Joe Burrow. Uh, what many might say is a, uh, uh, you know, again, it's a young career so far. He's only played a few games in the NFL, but uh, people would say it would be an upgrade at quarterback over Andy Dalton. You know, wasn't wasn't horrible. I mean, he wasn't great there, but he's not a bad quarterback. But uh, and with Joe Bur- Joe Burrow coming in and kind of giving some life to the offense, and we're already starting to see it. He's he's slinging the ball around quite nicely. Uh, AJ Green has um, not really performed to where people want him to. His fantasy output has not been great, um, and you know, you didn't draft him in the first or second round or anything like that, but you know, uh, you still expect, expect to see more, excuse me, out of a, a number one ride receiver. So I'm going to say plain and simple, keep calm. AJ green owners, keep calm. Don't move away from him yet. Don't try to ship him out of, off your team just yet. I think AJ green is going to see brighter days. Well, let's, let's look behind the numbers a little bit. He's actually, ha- he's tied for the fifth most targets in the league at 30 targets over the course of three games. So he's averaging 10 targets a game. Uh, you know, he has a 50% completion rate, which isn't not, not very encouraging, but some of those were uncatchable balls. So you got to think of, you know, you got to think of that. Uh, he did have one touchdown grab, um, you know, which that's great, but it was a, there was a penalty. There it was a offensive pass interference. So again, you don't have to see that, but he's getting targeted in the end zone too. So there is that, um, you know, these opportunities show that him and Burrow, they're working on their chemistry, and uh, he, he knows what he has in A.J. Green. He's the number one talent, you know, wide receiver-wise, and, and that's someone that he can rely on, especially as he grows as a, as a passer. So this is definitely an encouraging sign, which is one reason I want you guys to keep calm on A.J. Green. He's, uh, you know, if you think about it, he's actually tied for the second for second um, most red, red zone targets uh, on the Bengals. 
team. So, um, again, another encouraging sign. You know, when you play with a rookie quarterback, too, I mean, think about it. With COVID and everything, there was no preseason games. There's, you know, the all the traditional off-season activities were thrown out the window due to the pandemic and all that. So you got to, you know, it's been a few weeks. Yeah, I know it's been tough. It's not what you want to see yet, but I think you got to be patient here and see what uh, what what can come from again the fifth most tar- most targets in the league. That's that's a huge number uh, at thirty. So that you want to see that. It's super encouraging for what they got. You got to keep calm with AJ Green. He's way too talented to move on from this early in the season. So keep calm, AJ Green. Uh, the next person. And I, you know what I'm noticing now that I'm looking at my sheet here, all three of these guys are, uh, their first names are double initialed. Uh, so we have AJ green and we have DJ Moore. Now I actually have DJ Moore and I, I think one, maybe two of my leagues, but certainly one. Um, and he's someone that was very high on coming into the year. Uh, I thought Teddy Bridgewater, you know, as opposed to what, um, DJ Moore was playing with last year, at quarterback after cam got hurt, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't pretty. And, you know, you think Teddy Bridgewater comes in, and uh, he's a much better passer, uh, and you know, in he should have success, some success. That hasn't been the case, all right. So he's not the guy that you drafted where you drafted him um, so far. Um, he's not, you know, he's not showing you the things you want to see in the fantasy column of the box scores. But it's not for lack of opportunity. He's tied for the ninth most targets through the first three weeks at twenty-five. So not that far behind AJ Green there. Um, and he's actually tied with the most targets on his team with Robbie Anderson. They both have a 24% target share, which is huge. That's a big number of target share, especially in an offense that has so many weapons in it. Now, you know, and they had McCaffrey for the first couple of weeks, but obviously not so much anymore. But uh, again, a, a nice bit of target share. Now, Robbie Anderson is is a nice player too. He's more of a deep threat sort of guy, but, you know, um, and, and that's a part of Teddy Bridgewater's game that he's working on is those, you know, going downfield a little bit more. So we'll, we'll see how that actually shakes out. But again, DJ Moore is... Um, you know, he, he's, he's up there in targets and he's up there in the league in targets. So that's, that's fantastic. The opening schedule for them wasn't very favorable. If you look back, he started with the, the Raiders, not, you know, they're, they, they're pretty tough on the, on the pass, uh, Tampa Bay. Okay. Now in that game, he didn't score a touch, right? He didn't score a touchdown on the thing. No, he hasn't had a touch, touchdown, but, um, he, he hasn't gotten in the end zone, but, uh, you know, he put up a ton of points, like 16 fantasy points there and a half point PPR, uh, which is nice. It's a nice day. And he had like, I think 120 yards, something like that. So um, you, you, you like to see those numbers, uh, certainly against a, what, what most would say is a pretty tough defense. And then in week three, again, it wasn't a great game for him. And he got some garbage time sort of uh, throws his way. But, uh, you know, no, no, no end zone again. But he had a date with the duo of uh, Chris Harris Jr. and Casey Hayward of the Chargers. So, again, another tough secondary. You know, things are going to open up for him. Now, this week he might be shadowed by Patrick Peterson uh, as, you know, who's one of the one of the better corners in the league um, of the Arizona Cardinals that, who they face this week. That's a possibility. Uh, so he may have another uphill battle. However, his schedule opens up real wide after that. And a nice little bonus is that he actually gets to play the Falcons twice in the next month. So week five and week weeks five and eight, um, he gets to play the uh, lowly Falcon secondary. So I think he has way better days ahead. Again, he's getting the targets. He's getting the opportunities. It's it, he's going to have that, uh, that shift back to what, you know, the, the average here. And, and he should actually do some damage in, in the uh, Panthers passing game. And, and think about this too. They're without um, McCaffrey, you know, and game strips, game scripts going to be a mostly positive trend for him. Right. Cause without McCaffrey, um, you know, I, I think that they're, uh, not as not able to run the ball as effectively and control the clock. They might be in more shootouts than than they would have expected, and uh, you know, especially since their defense hasn't been great. Um, 
I think that, uh, you know, again, they're going to be tossing the ball a lot in Carolina all year. And uh, I want someone who's getting the opportunities. And that's DJ Moore. So, again, keep calm on DJ Moore. And our last uh, wide receiver here in the uh, keep calm and move on section is uh, T.Y. Hilton. So we had A.J. Green, DJ Moore, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton, guys, I'm being positive today. I'm not going to have any move ons today. He's a keep calm for me. Okay. And here's why. As far as the team goes, he has a 20% target share on a team that's not going to have a lot of blowouts, right? They're not going to be running the ball late very much in Indianapolis this year. Um, I think they're always, you know, and that's kind of Philip Rivers' MO. It's like him and his teams, you know, the Chargers, all those Chargers teams. And now uh, the Colts, we're seeing it again. You know, teams are in it to the end with the Chargers. Whether the Chargers are ahead or behind, they're throwing a lot. Uh, now they have a good offensive line, or you know, better than uh, better than many, um, and they have a talented running back and Jonathan Taylor, the rookie. But uh, I think you know it's going to be a lot of passing here. Uh, it really is. And there's so many injuries to the wide the wide receiver group. You know, you got Pittman, the the rookie, Paris Campbell. He's out for quite a bit of time. So you know, these injuries are stacking up for the Colts, and you know, you need someone to catch the ball. And they, Mo Ali Cox getting some run, which is nice. He's been he's been a pleasant surprise. We'll see uh, Doyle. Uh, do his thing, I'm sure, going forward. But T.Y. Hilton is, you know, uh, has a nice chunk of the targets there, 20%, which is, again, very, very nice chunk um, on a team that, you know, has some weapons there. But, of course, it's dealing with injuries, like we just said. So the season's young. I wouldn't panic on T.Y. Hilton. I think he has way better days ahead. Uh, he's getting the opportunities. Schedule is favor- favorable down the stretch. And it wasn't – they didn't have that hard of a schedule as far as, uh, you know, for pass catchers. But, you know, I think uh, – You'll see if you look through the schedule, it's it's there's not many intimidating matchups, and I think he starts to do some damage for the team. So uh, again, AJ Green, DJ Moore, T.Y. Hillen, I have consensus in all these. They are keep calm. So there are good days ahead, better point totals coming your way. Do not panic. Do not drop them. All right. Do not trade them. Keep them. They should do very well. That does it for the keep calm or move on segment. And we'll see us again in uh, future episodes, guys. Um, and now, without further ado, we're going to get, you know, start to wrap up the episode and go to the fantasy Q&A. Some listener questions right after this. And we'll end today's episode with another edition of the fantasy Q&A segment, which is a segment we run at the end of every show, answering qu- listeners' questions uh, that we get through uh, many different avenues in one of those is social media. So again, if you don't follow us, please do at airing it out FF at airing it out FF on both Instagram and Twitter. You can reach out for questions there. Um, in addition, you can also um, find us on airingitout.com. Go to the contact page and ask a question there. Again, any of those ways can uh, can get you have you know get you a question answered on the uh, on the uh, podcast. So. Um, you know, so definitely reach out to us. Love to help. And uh, of course, this is the fantasy Q&A where we like to, again, get you ready for the week ahead and beyond with, uh, you know, any sort of question you have. Now, most of these questions are start, sit um, or trade questions, but anything of that nature uh, definitely is something we can help you with here. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into today's questions. And the first one is a, a question about two receivers. And that, those two are Julian Edelman and Terry McLaurin. Who to start? All right, so it's a simple start-sit question. Now, um, for me, I think this one's pretty easy, and it, it's all about matchups and kind of game game flow situations that I see happening. So uh, I'm going to say I, I'm I'm sitting Terry McLaurin. Now, if you don't have any you know, more options, he is a number one uh, pass catcher for the Redskins, so it's you know you could do worse than him for sure. Um, 
but I just don't love the matchup and I'd rather start Edelman here. Uh, I don't love a matchup against the Ravens for McLaurin. They are a strong secondary uh, that, that can, uh, can do some damage. And I, I honestly, uh, I don't feel like the Redskins have much of a shot in this game. He, you know, he might accumulate some yards and some underneath stuff, but I don't think that um, he's going to have much of a shot to, to do some, da- you know, his typical damage he's done in the past in, through the air. They're just a tough defensive uh, backfield to play against. So, um, yeah, I'm going to sit McLaurin here and Edelman. I actually kind of like his spot this week up against the chiefs. The, the Patriots are going to have to swing the ball around to keep up. Um, you know, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how Bill Belichick and Cam Newton, uh, can, can kind of figure out a way to way to make this game competitive. I don't know that it will be. I think the chiefs will, will end up winning this thing by at least a, a score or two. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see the Patriots being a huge, huge issue for them. I just don't think their defense, you know, their defense was fantastic last year, but I don't think they can keep up with the offense, uh, offensive side of the ball for the Chiefs. But so what does that mean? I think Edelman's going to be getting a lot of targets. Uh, it might be some underneath stuff, but, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I just don't, uh, I, I, I don't see it being a massively, um, I don't see the, the, the Patriots being able to run the ball you know, throughout the second half. I think they're really going to be having to sling the ball around to keep up. So uh, Edelman's my guy here. That's who I'm starting. Put him in. Don't think twice. Edelman's the guy. Okay. Uh, the second question has to do with some pass catchers as well. It was a three-person question, but it actually had to get trimmed down to two. And uh, so part of your, this person's question was answered for them. So they asked Devontae Parker, Justin Jefferson, Alan Lazard need to start one. So um alan lazard is uh he's a he's a bench and he, maybe even a drop because he is unless you have an ir spot uh alan lazard is gonna gonna be getting surgery on injury uh take care of an injury that he uh suffered uh recently and he will be out for um you know an, an indefinite amount of time we, we just don't know how long it's going to be it's probably going to be a good chunk of time so uh he's someone who you're clearly not starting him this week as he won't be playing uh it would have been a really nice matchup for him against falcons but that is a sit for me of course and uh so the, the question really is Devonte parker or justin jefferson now justin jefferson you're, you're chasing points here a little bit um i think he has potential to do well justin jefferson you know put up like 175 yards in a score last week i mean he he was fantastic he, he finally had the breakout game um people were worried about him being kind of buried on the uh uh, on the depth chart there just but you know i think it it came t- down for the vikings they, they realized you know we're gonna have to swing this ball around because uh, our defense isn't doing too too hot here so um he was a big part of the game plan last week and he was uh it was a successful game plan so um you know they, I think they lost actually but uh you know it, they were able to put up some points and make it competitive so um you know, with him putting up that amount of points, you look at that, that, you know, that score, that fantasy output, and you got to say, okay, I want to play that again. And again, he has a good matchup. Uh, the Vikings um, up against the Texans, it should be a shootout. So I think he'll, he'll get his targets, but I like Devonte Parker's matchup so much more. The Seattle defense, as we've talked about, is one of the worst pass defenses in the league. They give up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. And um, I think that this is this week is no different. And I think that the Dolphins are going to be behind uh, pretty early and will have to continuously throw, um, which is why I, I certainly like uh, his potential to rack up some points. And if they get close, he's a big guy. He can go up and get some balls. You know, if there's a mismatch there, like I said earlier in the show, I think Gasicki will get more if they're in the red zone uh, often, I think Gasicki gets some of those targets uh, himself quite a bit just because of his size and the mismatch he'll have with the matchup that he's likely to um, have cornerback-wise. But, um, 
you know, I, I think Devontae Parker could do some serious damage here. I just, I'm a little wary of chasing the points with Justin Jefferson after having such a massive week. I think he has a nice week for, for people, but if I had to choose between these two, I'm starting Devontae Parker. Now this last um, question is actually a trade question. So the trade question was, or they said, I have um, David Montgomery and Mike Evans, and I am being offered a trade uh, to get Amari Cooper and Kenyon Drake. Uh, you know, should I do it? So for me, all right, this is, if this isn't one where I'm like, yes, do it right now. You have to do it. However, I do like the trade. I I think I would. Um, and here's why I think Mike Evans is going to have a nice year and Godwin's hurt again. So he's going to be targeted. I think week four will be a nice week for, um, Mike Evans again, but his stat line, you know, even the, the game where he scored, um, you know, it was a touchdown too. It was like from the one yard line each time or whatever it was. So it's, you know, but hey, it's, it's points are points and we'll take them. But um, I just think Brady has enough weapons to spread this ball around quite a bit. And I think once Godwin is fully healthy, he's going to be the preferred target for j- just the way Brady likes to likes to play his game, likes to kind of dink and dunk sort of things, especially, you know, with how, you know, his age and stuff like that. And, you know, he's not the, I mean, he's, I shouldn't say he's not the athlete. He's, he's probably more of an athlete now than he was when he was younger. But, um, you know, I, I think that when all things are equal, Godwin will be the guy and Evans will have his weeks for sure. Um, but uh, with that said, you know, I, you have, you have Evans and Montgomery. I like Montgomery's opportunity this year. Like he's, you know, especially three Cohen going down um, certainly helps him in the passing game as well. So I do like his opportunity to do, uh, you know, be pretty consistent. I don't love the offense as much. Um, as I do the other, the other side of the trade, what you'd be getting. So Kenyon Drake for me is an upgrade at, at running back from Montgomery. Montgomery, again, is going to have his opportunities. He's going to do well, but Drake is on a much better offense and Drake's a, you know, Drake's a fine player himself. Um, and, and I just think, you know, it's been rough to start the year, but I think Drake's going to come around as I said a little bit earlier, earlier, I think Drake comes around. I think this is going to be a fantastic week for Drake up against the uh, Panthers. Um, this is, this is a deal I might do now, Amari Cooper, you get with Drake, Amari Cooper, you know, he's a, he's a fine ride receiver and he's the number one target and, you know, he's the number one guy we should say for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. So I don't see as like a huge difference between Amari Cooper and Evans, but I do see a nice difference between Drake and Montgomery. Now it's not like a massive, it's not like, you know, um, some, some scrub and then like, you know, uh, a healthy McCaffrey. These are guys that, you know, they're, they're both serviceable, but I just like Drake's opportunity to score, be in more scoring positions um, than Montgomery will. Now I think Nick Foles for the bears makes it a little bit easier for Montgomery. I think that they could be more effective uh, moving the ball. I don't think it's going to be night and day with what Mitch Trubisky was doing, but um, you know, I trust Nick Foles to uh, excuse me. I trust Nick Foles to, to be able to manage that offense a little bit better, uh, better and kind of manage the game. But, um, yeah, if I'm you, I think you say goodbye to Evans and Montgomery and you accept the offer for Cooper and Drake. Uh, you know, and I just, like I said, it's not a like slam dunk, like, wow, you absolutely destroyed the guy in that trade. I think it's, it's one where you're, you're certainly upgrading at one of those positions, a very important position in fantasy. And that's running back, do the trade and don't think twice guys. This has been the fantasy Q and a again, reach out to us with, for questions. Um, you know, on social media, I'm constantly asking for questions, uh, you know, on Instagram stories and stuff like that. So just throw one up there. And of course, uh, we'd love to answer them on the show and, uh, have you feature there. So, um, again, hope this helped 
the, the people who asked the questions. I hope that it helped you guys as well in making your decisions. And we will close out the show right after this. That'll do it for another episode of Airing It Out with Joe Daly. I'm your host, Joe Daly. This is a fantasy football podcast, and we're here to help you guys manage your way through this season. Guys, uh, like I said, after this week, it'll be a quarter of the way through the fantasy football season. So uh, I'm excited to keep this going, and hopefully hopefully this has been a place to uh, help you guys get ready for each week. Uh, a couple of things, guys, that I can remind you of. First of all, uh, like I just said in the last segment, uh, follow us on social media at Airing It Out FF. Instagram, Twitter, uh, go do that. If you haven't already, the website is airingitout.com, airingitout.com. Go bookmark that. Come see it often. You'll see all sorts of, um, you know, all sorts of articles, posts, videos, things like that, that are going to get you ready for each week and, uh, you know, filled with content. So um, hopefully you guys go check that out. Uh, If you don't already subscribe to the podcast and you know what, tell a friend, you know what, if this has been a helpful podcast to you, uh, you know, tell a friend about it, you know, word of mouth is always a good way to spread this. So I I would more than appreciate it um, big time. And then, uh, you know, again, subscribe. Uh, If you guys can leave a great rating and review, that'd be fantastic. You'd definitely be helping us out at airing it out. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, You know, I hope that you guys keep coming back and listening. And I hope you guys uh, again can, um, can get something out of this. Uh, so again, with, with that said, uh, you know, follow us on the social media accounts, stay interactive. That's what we like to do. Get you guys, um, you know, so the help that you may need and the advice you may need. And, you know, you go on Instagram or Twitter and you're constantly seeing a billion questions on all these accounts, you know, um, asking for, uh, should I trade? Should I sit this guy? Should I start this guy? Should I pick up this phone? Who do I drop? That's what I want to do. I want to help you guys with all those questions, make fantasy easier for you. Um, so that about does it for week, you know, the week four edition of airing it out with Joe Daly. Um, again, been a fun ride. Uh, we'll see how this COVID stuff plays out with this Tennessee and Steelers game. And hopefully, you know, keep your fingers crossed. That doesn't become a, a, a big reality as far as this happening for other teams and games and stuff. Uh, you know, as fantasy managers, we're hoping to see a, a full slate of games for the rest of the year. You'd, you'd hate to you know have to deal with all those sort of things on top of injuries on top of real bye weeks it'd just be a mess so um you know we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully keep our fingers crossed that that's not that doesn't become the norm um but you know it's been a it's been a crazy year 2020 is what it is so we'll see how that goes guys listen week four is upon us uh you know do do everything you can to win um you know and uh hopefully you know and in dfs too you know hopefully you guys are you know, cash in those tournaments. If you want to see uh, my lineup of the week, you can easily go to airingitout.com to the DFS section, and you'll see that up there uh, probably Saturday morning uh, or, or late Friday, one of the two. Um, but just keep checking back there. And uh, yeah, that's about it, guys. Listen, get the wins this week. Get some wins and um, come back here next week with some success stories and some some good, good positive vibes going forward. All right, guys? Week four upon us. Go get it. Win. Do what you can. And uh, let's have some fun, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming here to listen. And I will see you next week before week five to get ready for that week. All right, guys, have a great, great, great Sunday, great whole weekend. Stay happy, stay healthy. Take it easy, guys. Thanks for coming by. This has been Airing It Out, and I'm Joe Daly. See you later.